Hello, and welcome back to Unwritten. I am so excited today to have Cheryl Jensen here joining me. She was an interim principal at Russia, which um, is a university college associated with Western University that I attended. And we have a crazy backstory where <laughs> we just happened to have a chance encounter when I was working in Muskoka over the summer and Dr. Jensen happened to be up on a vacation. But it is my pleasure to welcome her here today. Thank you, Madeline. It's just such a pleasure for me to uh, to be here. And please call me Cheryl. Um, yes, yes, it certainly was a chance encounter. But what a what a pleasure for me to meet one of Russia's students while I was uh, shopping in Muskoka. Yeah, thank yeah. you. So I think my first question, which I'm really interested, even though we had this chance, like very brief encounter, but just absolutely, I feel like our energy, I just, I knew even, you know, you walk through the store and I feel some, you know, just some customers and guests you really have a connection with. And even before I knew that you had been the principal at Russia, I was just like, I really like her. I really just am vibing with this woman. And, you know, you like we get to talking and boom you know we have that crazy connection but I'm really interested to know about basically like your education because I know I always do a little bit of a LinkedIn stalking before I I join these calls but I know I noticed that you went to McMaster and then you went to Brock mm -hmm. but for McMaster you did a BSc in chemistry and then you ended up doing um I think it's a master's of education in organizational mm, and administrative studies. So can you walk me through how you kind of went from chemistry into education? Sure. And, you know, that's certainly something that I always tell my, I, I would tell my students or my, uh, my colleagues is that your lifelong career journey, or in fact, your lifelong journey is never linear and uh, you should be open to every possibility. So I was one of those nerds in high school. I just loved science and I love math and I love chemistry. And uh, so when I was thinking about what to do after high school, and I was, I was the first one in my family to attend post-secondary, by the way. My parents were uh, high school educated. And uh, so it was a big step for me. And, and I didn't have a lot of um, mentors who could help me with that. But I did have teachers who said, you know, if you're not sure exactly what you want to do, take an education that is broad enough um, mm -hmm. that will give you lots of possibilities. You know, when, when, when we get to Brescia, it's kind of the same, the same kind of uh, discussion. So knowing that I love science and chemistry, um, I applied for all kinds of programs thinking that they, that might make my decision, got accepted into all of them, but decided, you know, if you like something like chemistry, then that would be that would be something I would try. So I did an honors degree in chemistry at McMaster, um, small classes uh, at that time, certainly because there weren't very many women in science, let alone people in science. My graduating class was 10. Um, wow. And then I got it. So it was a time where there were a lot of jobs in industry. I, I could have gone on to post uh, to post postgraduate work at the time, but it didn't. I really wanted to get out and work. So my first job was with Procter & Gamble in Hamilton, which is no longer there, by the way. Um, but I was a product development chemist at the time. Loved that job. And then another opportunity came up to work at Selco. And I might seem odd, but I was a real, I really liked that manufacturing, you know, the, the industrial kind of chemistry. So mm -hmm. I worked there for a couple of years. And then there was a huge strike at Selco. And um, I got laid off. And so at the time... 
um, I really believe in networking and networking is why I got to Brescia. So I was networking at the time and I belonged to this group called the, the Canadian uh, uh, Institute of, uh, of Chemistry. And there was a local chapter, lots of people there from the education sector knew I was laid off from Stelco, gave me a part-time job at Mohawk. And I started teaching international students. I started teaching in chemical engineering. So long story short, I thought I'd try it for a couple of years, ended up falling in love with teaching and education in the post-secondary sector and stayed. And so I knew as I was moving along in my career that um, a master's degree would, would help me in my career, but also help me in my understanding of education and how administration, good administration can make a huge difference in the lives of our students. So I did a degree part-time um, at Brock University in um, education. It suited my schedule, it was very flexible. And, uh, and boy, oh boy, did I ever learn a lot about myself during that time and, uh, and about the field I love so much. That is, yeah, that is incredible. And I think the one thing that I really took from that, your, your story was the, I guess, or maybe even it's just a question who during that time, you said that there weren't a lot of people like or women in science or um, even like specifically in chemistry. And did you like, how did you go about finding mentors? Was that something that you, you really pushed to try and find? Because I feel like as an educator, that's what you try to provide to all of us. And even what you're doing for me right now, like being so generous with your time. So how, how did that experience, um, kind of translate into your work and who were the people that inspired you when you were going through university? Yeah, great question. And in university, um, I would say that I had a few profs, all men, by the way, who um, saw something in me, things I didn't see, which is very common with women, Madeline. You know, we don't see our own potential, but these professors saw that in me and really um, uh, encouraged me along the way. You know, university is tough. Science is tough. And even if you love it. And so they they really did. I remember a couple in particular that... uh, helped me um, to really focus in on what my interests were and actually encouraged me. One of them wanted me to go to um, England and do a Rhodes Scholarship. Um, If I'd had the confidence I developed later in my life, I might've done it, but I didn't. So I followed a different path, but they really helped me to start believing in myself. Um, When I started at at Mohawk College, um, I don't mind telling anybody that my my most significant uh, mentor who really made a difference to me was my Dean of Engineering Technology, a man, uh, Hans Bestel, who again saw potential in me and started inviting me to do um, projects and help him with special projects. Uh, Again, a message for women, because we we often feel we need to be invited into um, uh, instead of, you know, going and trying it ourselves. But he was the one that really pushed me to think about different uh, opportunities, encouraged me to apply into the administrative area, and then encouraged me as a woman, a working mother of three kids, three young kids, to think about doing um, a master's and, and, and helping me along with that. So I did have mentors, but I think the reason why I give so freely of my time now is especially to young women. Yeah. But certainly to uh, to any young young person who's looking for opportunities, 
is because I knew I didn't have that. It wasn't part of our culture when I was uh, a young um, a young mother and a young working mother and professional. So, but I did have them, and I did, and and you know, yeah, we often say there weren't enough women uh, mentors, but I had mentors who who really helped me along and helped me believe in myself. That's incredible. And I, I think that's so true. Having, having that, those support systems and those people around you, that's, I think, you know, how you get through those tough times and how you get through, um, you know, the adversity and, and the struggle. Cause as you said, like going, you know, you were working, you were, you were also a mom, you were also yeah. <laughs> and pursuing uh, education. And during that time, I mean, how, I was like, more like, how did you balance that? Like, what, what were, what were some things that you had to kind of continue reminding yourself during that period of time? Yeah, I'm just going to open this because it's a little dark in here. Um, So, um, you know, it was a time where women, to be frank, needed to um, do their job and not look for a lot of help from the, the other parts of your, of your life. So I will say that um, I worked late into the night, you know, I did my, I did my marking, I was a professor at the time, I did my marking and my work and my, my master's around my children's schedule. Um, And so those were, those were tough years. Um, What I made sure of when I made it through that, and and, I was very proud when I graduated from Brock. Um, But what I did as well was when I was helping women in particular to get through their career, I always, I had a motto for them. Family comes first. So I said, whenever you have a decision to make, um, err always err on the side of your family. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, that's what you're going to remember, not whether you made a deadline for a big project or whatever. So, um, and I think that gave women permission Mm-hmm. to um, take time when they needed it and take time to finish things. So it was a struggle. I have a wonderful husband who um, always helped me. I mean, you've, you've got to, you know, you've got to have those people around you. And he always supported me with my, with, you know, helping out with the kids and, and um, our house was not always the cleanest, but, you know, just making sure that we, uh, we were on top of things yeah. and, um, and they were really my support through that time. Yeah. And you again you say like family comes first and again I think that goes into I think I'm really drawn to the idea of that connection and the people that you surround yourself with and was that something that had been instilled in you from a young age or was that something that you kind of slowly learned because I I think some people don't know how to have that work-life balance but Mm -hmm. you know you were you were trying to encourage that and how, how how did that become kind of a manifesto in your life yeah I think I slowly learned it to be honest with you because um you know, one of the things I tried to do, maybe not daily, but certainly weekly, how did that week go? What was I proud of? What, you know, what struggles did I have? And often it was that tug between, you know, going to that extra function or that meeting and missing my son's hockey game or something like that, which I didn't do. I didn't miss their games. And so I think early on in my, um, as things were getting busier, I just made that one of my guiding principles that, um, you know, I wasn't going to miss things. Or if I had to miss things, then um, I made it up to them on the weekends or when I could, or they understood why I had to miss something. But, you know, but I did, I had to, I had to make that part of my, one of those principles that I would not go back on. 
Yeah, that, that is, yeah, I really love that principle. And I think it's, that's a great, I think like lesson, lesson to yeah. learn is, is that balance. Not that I have children, but that's, that's also <laughs> something that, that I think looking forward, I'm, I'm very much a planner. I'm like, okay, well, when I'm at this age and I have kids, that's, you know, something that I've always, I think, valued very much. Um, yeah. I often tell, I often tell women and men too, it doesn't matter if you have children. There are other things in your life that uh, mean something to you and you, you need to make those priorities. Absolutely. That's actually a really great point. I think a lot of people are like put, put a lot of emphasis uh, emphasis on um, like, ju- like it just being about like their children, which is also super important. But if people yep. don't decide to, or don't have them, then that yep. your point is that that work-life balance, being able to do other things that you enjoy and your other passions and, yeah, that that's incredible. I really love that. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. And so I also know. So after you were at Mohawk, you also went to Algonquin College, and right. so, or actually, well, you first kind of made kind of worked through Mohawk and I became the vice president of academics, I believe. Mm-hmm. So yep. how did that, I guess, process look going to becoming like the vice president and then moving, moving on to Algonquin and then I guess to Russia as well? Right. Great question. So, um, I mean, I love teaching. I taught for 16 years. And again, my mentor, Hans Bastel started talking to me about, you know, you can have a bigger influence on more students by taking on some additional um, roles. So he encouraged me. So my first role was as, as a chair, but not even in chemical engineering. He, he asked me to apply to be chair of electro, electrical engineering technology. So I said, well, I'm, I'm not in the, I don't, that wasn't my, my area. He said, it doesn't matter. You understand the technical aspects and you are good with people. I mean, I think you saw that with me. I love people. I, yeah. love, talk, yeah. I love talking to people. I love helping people. And so that was my first job. And then, um, and I loved it. I loved it. It's where I learned a lot about myself and, uh, and about uh, how to help people to be their best. Um, and then moved into the Dean of Engineering Technology, that was technology and trades. Um, and then at one, another VP role, and then vice president and academic and all the way through that. Um, it was really that drive to uh, have a bigger influence on people to have more um, uh, to help more people to have an influence on how the system works. That's why I chose when I was asked to go up to interview for the job at, in Ottawa. And that was a big move. You know, I'd been at Mohawk for 31 years at that time and been in industry before that, as you know, and, um, and so my husband went with me for the interviews and I think what convinced me to go there was that first of all my kids were all you know they were all working and doing their thing and you know so um so I did they didn't need me every day uh Tom was retired and um and it was a college I'd always admired you know very much um and so uh again I thought about it and I thought I can influence the college the college system in Ontario more as a president than I could as a vice president. Plus, it was just so um, rewarding to me to go to work with such a great team, like just such a group of professionals. Um, And the faculty were just outstanding at that college. So every minute there was a huge, huge um, privilege for me to be there. Um, And one of my 
one of the accomplishments of which I'm most proud is that we put a real focus on truth and reconciliation. Mm. Algonquin College is, is named, um, and we didn't ask to, to take that name for our college. We took it. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, making, making um, uh, influencing the college in terms of how we were going to enact parts of the truth and reconciliation, the, the calls to action was ex- incredibly important to me. And so I had, I think, the first, certainly in Ontario, Vice President of Truth and Reconciliation and Indigenization, who was, in fact, an Indigenous man. So very proud of that. So, you know, at at that time, 40 years in, you know, my husband was retired and I thought, you know, you could work forever, Madeline. You really could. Um, Yeah. But I get the sense you would have worked forever. Yes, but again, family, and I made my family a priority when I was in Ottawa. I didn't miss occasions, you know, and came home for things all the time. Um, but it was time, it was time to retire and, uh, and focus on other things. And so I did and enjoyed it, you know, started getting into, you know, more of a relaxed atmosphere. Yeah. Again, I'll go back to the networking that I talked about earlier. Um, so the, comp- the, the search firm that, uh, that um, brought me to Algonquin yeah. um, was, was a search firm that was working with Russia mm. for looking for an interim principal and then a full-time principal, which has now been changed to president. And so they called me and uh, I can remember they called in August and said, you know, we, we want to talk to you about an opportunity. So um, they sent me this stuff and I said, no, I don't think so. You know, I, I, I just don't think that uh, I want to do that. And they said, well, we're going to send you some more information. And uh, and so I looked at it and then it was starting to intrigue me. Yeah. I sent it. I sent the, the job description to my two daughters who you saw in Muskoka. And both of them said, Mom, you have to do this. They said, uh, this is what you do. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and my youngest daughter said, uh, and it's a women's university, Mom. And she said, you have such an influence on women. And so we started talking about it, talked to the recruiter and, you know, the, the rest is history. A few months later, I was, uh, I was at Brescia. And I, I have to say, Madeline, it was just such an honor to, to be at Brescia and to work again with um, such dedicated um, people and the student association and the students, uh, again, inspired me every single day. So I was happy to go. Um, and work with with the board. The board of Governors was a big part of what I of my job with Brescia was helping the board, but also them helping me to make sure that I um, you know understood what their direction was. And so I think in that period of time, I stayed till the end of July. I think um, in a very difficult time with the pandemic and not really yeah. getting to see many people. I think we managed to connect and make sure that there was a sense of calm and that. Um, things were in place and that we were in a good um, a good direction for the new for the new president for Loretta so so again was extremely rewarding and I have uh, such fond memories and I'm so glad I I I got to Brescia and I wouldn't have met you if I didn't do what I did all the time which was talk to the people I'm uh, I'm I'm meeting everywhere I always do oh where are you from where what's your hometown and when you said uh, where did you go to school? Then, of course, then we knew we had a, something in common. 
I know. And as you said, the same, I think I, I could tell what a people person you were when we first met. And I, I like to consider myself a people person as well. And always, yeah, you sure are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that. And, and love to, yeah, ask questions. I think that that is honestly, I always say to everyone just if, yeah, we would have never kind of crossed paths if neither of us would have been asking each other these questions. And that, you know, curiosity and um, like that empathy and that drive to get to know the people that you're surrounded with is so powerful. And um, even this opportunity to be able to talk with you for even a short period of time, I know I will take like the talking like about family and life, life, family balance and you know, that drive, even, you know, even though, you know, you were, you had, you were comfortable in this spot at Mohawk, but Algonquin gave you this opportunity and you could have, you could have easily said, you know what, I'm okay. I'm good where I am, but consistently trying to change and meet new people and make a difference, I think is so, so incredible and so inspiring. And I'm just so happy that, you know, I've, I've made this connection because it, it truly, I think does make, make such a difference in my life anyways. Yeah. So, you know, if I can sort of sum up, um, especially for women, um, but for anyone starting out their, their career, it's not linear. Um, If you're offered an opportunity, take it. Um, you know, don't be afraid to take it, especially for women, lean in and take those opportunities. Don't wait to be invited, you know, be looking for those. And as you're developing your leadership, leadership skills, you know, what people appreciate, you know, what you appreciate is authenticity, um, someone who's got a vision and can see where things are going to go and inspire people. Um, but caring and kindness, I think we've found, especially in the last few years, are so important. And you're not a weak leader if you care for people or if you're kind to people. You can be very, um, you, you can be very direct in what you expect. There's no reason why you can't do that with with empathy and kindness. Yeah, that's uh, I I don't know if you've heard of her, but I uh, love Brene Brown. I talk I'm reading yeah I'm reading her book right now I talk about this woman I think in almost every conversation I have because I think she comes up I think just naturally she comes up so much but I won't I can I will can talk about her all day but something that um she says in I'm not sure which book you're reading right now but one of her books called dare to lead Mm. my mom had read it and and she goes clear is kind unclear is unkind Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it goes along with what you were saying. It's so like, you can still be a powerful and influential, influential leader and still hold yourself with, you know, like dignity and, and, and pride and confidence and, and make changes. It just doesn't, it doesn't necessarily need to look like, you know, someone who doesn't necessarily carry those things. And I think, you know, the people that you, again, the people you're like, when you're talking about your, your positions, you were saying the people that I worked with, mm-hmm. the people that I surrounded myself, the students, the staff, and that's because that's what you remember. You remember those connections. So that just was a little, a little nugget that I remembered about her. And it just really, I felt like connected to what you were saying with you can, yeah, you can still be such a powerful leader and still be able to do do such things with kindness and empathy 
Yeah. Yeah. I think our job as a leader is to enable people to be their best and to encourage them to be their best and to, uh, and to make sure that they've got that freedom. You know, it's up to them afterwards to show that they can, that they can uh, do that. But um, really being that same person on Monday morning that you are on Friday afternoon. And, and, and uh, again, like you said, the clarity, the clarity of what, what your expectations are is so important. So and so now that you, I mean, you have done so much amazing work, what are things that you, I guess, learned through your time as, um, as like, as a teacher and as a professor and as a principal and as a president that you now carry with you into retirement? And was that a hard thing to like a hard process? Like, were you, did you really feel ready to retire or was, was that, was it hard to like, let go of that? Cause I feel like that could kind of become a part of your identity? Yes. And yes, it was hard. That's a great question. Um, and, you know, especially in jobs where, you know, it's, it's a, it's a 24 seven job really um, in terms of thinking about it all the time. Um, but I started getting ready for that. You know, I knew that um, um, I always tried not to make my job, my identity um, really my identity to me is a woman who has many facets to her life and at different times um, focuses on different facets of, of her life. And so in retirement, I knew I couldn't do nothing. Um, really, Brescia helped me through a difficult time because we couldn't see people. Yeah. Which you can imagine for somebody like me is difficult. Yeah. Um, so I, I knew that I wouldn't stop completely. Mm -hmm. um, so right now that my volunteer work is important to me, I don't need to be paid for the work I do. Yeah. Um, I do often volunteer now. So the, the Hamilton Community Foundation is just such a wonderful foundation doing such wonderful things for people in our, our region, um, both in terms of, um, of granting money for different organizations, equity, um, inclusion, diversity is a big part of what we do. Yeah. Um, being on the board, you can help the staff and other board members to keep our, our vision and our mission in mind at every meeting. Um, and so I volunteer my time. I'm, I'm currently just moving into the vice chair position. So that keeps me busy. I also, I, yep. And I also freely give my time to any of the young leaders that I've met through my career right across Canada, who may be looking at different job opportunities, uh, want a little bit of coaching, I'm always happy to, to, to talk to them. So I'm doing that for a few people right now as well. And, but always making time for, um, for uh, the other things that are important in your life. So my, my triangle, if you like, has changed yeah. from uh, work, family and travel yeah. to family, travel and work. So you just have to keep the balance, right? Yeah, no, that it's always, yeah, always about balance. My mom is always uh, um, another, another um, mom. I feel like I always have the momisms. Like they just come, they come all the time. She doesn't think I'm listening to her, but I really am. Yeah. <laughs> um but she's like everything in moderation like everything yeah. moderation always that balance and you know it yeah it, it just I think allows allows you to to you know see all the aspects of life and um do you yeah. have do you have I guess this is just like a little rapid question but are you do you have any travel plans going forward 
Well, yeah, we we would like to. We've got we've Tom and I have bought a new uh, camper trailer, so we'd like to travel more through Canada. Just you know, we're, we're, we've always been campers. Those were our major holidays when we were when our kids were little and when I was a kid. Um, and then you know, when things open up, we had planned to go on a, a trip, maybe to um, we love Italy, yeah. uh, Italy and Portugal, and and see what that happens when it's totally safe to do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, lots of plans to, to once the weather turns. Um, I said, Tom likes uh, cold weather camping better than I do. So okay. I, I have to wait till it's warm. But yeah, we yeah. will we will certainly um, we will certainly be traveling. I'm also not not as uh, immune to the cold as some. So <laughs> cold weather camping would, would not would not no. be either. No, and it's so- not my thing. <laughs> I know. So you've had even like a crazy year, you kind of came out of retirement, you went to, you went to Russia, but for this kind of next year, do you have any, any small or big goals that you're willing to share that you've kind of set for yourself for the, for the upcoming year? Yeah, absolutely. So to balance my time between volunteer work, I I am looking, I'm actively um, investigating um, how I can uh, humbly with humility, um, contribute to the um, truth and reconciliation, because it's such a passion of mine. Um, I think it's just so important. Um, I did while I was at Brescia, I I did focus and got the and had a real um, message to the to the Brescia community that it was important. And so we we developed um, a partnership uh, and also a scholarship for Indigenous students to uh, to enter Russia. So um, that's on my list for this in the next week and, and or two is to um, get in touch with my contacts and see how I can do that. Listen, I don't know the answers, um, but I have the compassion to help however I can. So mm-hmm. so that would that would that's my goal for this uh, for this year. That's incredible. And I mean, I, I really admire the, obviously the work that you're doing um, in regards to truth and reconciliation. And I feel like that is a total, like a, another whole topic that we could, Absolutely. we could spend so much time talking about as well, but that just means you have to come back. That's what we'll yes. say. That just Happy to do that. But uh, thank you again so much for your time today. I've appreciated having this conversation with you. And truly, I am just so grateful that our paths crossed when they did. Well, I'm equally as grateful. And I wish you all the best, Madeline. You're, you're just going to, you make, you're going to make a difference in this world, I can tell. Thank you.